Good morning. My name's Ben. I'm one of the pastors here at the church. We're glad you're here. We hope you had a good uh, Fourth of July weekend. And if you happen to be Canadian, happy Canada Day week. I'm sure that was also a, uh, a good time for you. So we're in First uh, Corinthians. Uh, our church has been going through this book the last couple couple weeks, and we'll find ourselves in First Corinthians chapter 12 this morning. And the uh, the Corinthian church. As you know by now, was a was a messy church, and if you've been part of a church for any amount of time, you know that churches can get messy, and they can get messy because people make up the church, and people are messy, not just some select people in general, but all people in general are messy. No one's perfect, right? And as we think about that, I don't think that that means that. Uh, Christian or the church gets a, an excuse to, to sin or a license to sin or that the church or the individual Christian gets, a, gets an excuse not to repent, but, but rather what that means, that, that no one's perfect, that churches can get messy, is the fact that anytime people come together in groups, whether it's families or it's workplaces or it's corporations or it's organizations, there's bound to be problems. So the Corinthian church had a lot of problems. Uh, we might call them the uh, the problem child church or the, the drunk uncle church. They had their problems, and Paul the apostle writes to them in order to straighten them out. And as a as an apostle, as an authorized spokesperson, one who had who had literally seen the the risen Lord Jesus, Paul probably hoped that his words, uh, upon reading his words, that church would be corrected. They had strayed from the, the gospel and practice, and so he hoped that in reading his words, this letter, which in this instance was God's word, that the church would repent and come back on the right path. So likewise, all of us, personally and corporately, we're always in danger of, of being prone to wander, Lord, we feel it, prone to leave the God we love, right? We, we're constantly being pulled in the other direction, and so it's important for us as well to keep returning to the words of the prophets and the apostles, to, to keep returning to the, to the words of God in order that we would be encouraged and corrected and, and reminded of the truth of God's word and God's plan for us individually and God's plan for us as a church. And so in this particular part of the letter, Paul's answering questions. It's kind of like a Q&A, right? Some of us who are familiar with, with social media, if you're, you're familiar with a social media platform like Twitter, and so what happens on, on Twitter is someone in a high position, uh, someone that's a, that's a celebrity, will say at such and such a time they host in a Q&A, and so we get on our, our computers and we get on our cell phones and we send tweets send a live tweet back to our questions. And so I saw recently President Obama answering policy questions and saying, I saw um, famous musicians giving life advice on uh, Twitter that I don't think any of us can follow. I saw more famous authors um, giving more in-depth uh, details about their books. And yet here we have the famous apostle answering questions that his church has about spiritual gifts. Uh, so I hope that in our time this morning we're able to 
bit about what he said about spiritual gifts. The, the church there, as you, as you mentioned, was met, marked by arrogance and by pride. It kind of was inflated, like puffed up like, like balloons. And so what it created spiritual gifts is the church was way off course, right? It was, it was way in left field. And in particular, it was this gift of, of tongues, which we'll talk about in a, little, in a little bit, which either was a, uh, a known human language that was unknown to the speaker, all of a sudden being made known to them, or it was this kind of ecstatic language that was unknown to the speaker and also unknown to everyone, all of a sudden being made known to them. Uh, those were just specific gifts they, they wanted, right? They, they, they determined that they were better than others by, by having the gifts. And so they missed the point as to why God gave spiritual gifts. And so Paul writes to them, and he kind of pops them like a, like a sharp needle and says that ultimately love for others and love for God is the reason, is the, is the motive for using our gifts. And so likewise, those of us Christians who have the Spirit of God, we should use our unique gifts to serve and to build up the body, to glorify God. Ultimately, our giftedness is not about us, it's about Jesus and it's about each other. We need each other, and apart from one another, the church can't grow and the mission can't go forward. And so, let's look at God's Word together. Please follow along with me as I read from the first few verses of 1 Corinthians 12. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be unaware. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, and you followed your own lusts. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking or conceived of God can ever say Jesus is a curse. No one can say Jesus is
give positionally a very simple rule that helps clarify what is true spirituality. I think it's just really basic. Hey, no one is preaching in the Spirit of God to ever say Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So if someone is saying and they're teaching and they're preaching sincerely that that Jesus is Lord, they're lifting up Jesus, they're, they're making much of Jesus, that's a person who probably has the Spirit of God. That's a Christian. They can serve that, that Spirit working through that person. They're spiritual in the right sense. In contrast, if someone is teaching or preaching or talking and, and describing and they, they, they're, they're talking about Jesus, they're personal they're degrading him, they're saying that he's not God, they can serve that the Spirit isn't working through that person. That person is void of the Spirit. They're, they're not a Christian. They're not spiritual in the right sense. And so the bottom line of what he's saying is that true spirituality isn't determined on the basis of whether or not you can speak in a spiritual tongue or preach a great message or you can exhibit some other particular gift, but rather true spirituality is evidenced by the fact that you can live a sincere life confessing that Jesus is Lord with your life being spiritually sound. And so when we talk about gifts, it's really important to not lose sight of Jesus Christ. Because the gifts are ultimately about the glory of Christ. He's the head of the church. And as the head of the church, Distribute the gifts with the Holy Spirit to all His people, and our ministries as a church, corporately, individually, are very similar to the ministry of Christ, but in a way that are subordinate to the ministry of Christ. Let me give you a few examples. Christ is the final great prophet. The Bible describes Him as the, the final prophet who comes into the world and speaks the word of God, yet through the pouring out of the Spirit, we become subordinate prophets who, who proclaim the gospel, who proclaim God's truth in our communities and workplaces and with the people that we serve. Christ is the, the chief shepherd. He's the ruler of the church. He's the head of the church. Yet through the Spirit, he appoints subordinate shepherds, elders, and gives them gifts of leading and caring and shepherding so that they might carry forth Christ came to, to give his life as, as a ransom for many, yet he gives gifts in the Spirit so that we can serve one another, that we can serve the world with our time and treasure. So naturally, when we we're trusting Jesus and we are united with him by faith, we become prophets who speak his word to others. We become shepherds and stewards who exercise authority of mercy. We become priests who sacrifice ourselves as compound treasure for others. But we should note that not everybody is gifted equally in every area. Their, their, their teaching gifts are strong. We often see people become recognized as teachers. Their shepherding gifts are strong. Their ruling gifts are strong. We see people recognized as elders or pastors or shepherds. Their serving gifts are strong. We see people recognized as 